Welcome back to Triple Alpha Sports Talk. I'm Josh. That's Bryce, and that's Roy over there um, at Pod 15. Can't believe we've been doing this 15 weeks. I'm going to start off. We don't usually start off like this, but we don't have any games this week, so I'm going to talk about it. Uh, we love it. We're trying to grow the channel a little bit within the off season since there's no football. We're trying to hit the like button, subscribe, and comment. We also have TikTok, social, all the social medias. Just go type in Triple Alpha Sports Talk. You'll find us. Trying to grow a little bit. Um, because we want to start doing some more things, maybe some more fan interactions, but uh, we've been having a blast. We're going to kick it off with our breakdowns, and let's go right into the NFL. So we did the first three teams last week. Now we got the Arizona Cardinals will be our fourth team. They finished 2023 with a 4-13 record. Um, I'm only going to say the pick numbers in the first round because after that it just gets messy. They hold the number four pick, and they also hold the number 27 pick that was traded last year to the Texans, and the Texans used that pick to take Will Anderson at number four. So this actually worked out for the Texans more than it did the Cardinals. But four and 27, and then they own a two, three threes, a four, two fives, a six, and three sevens. So the Cardinals are loaded up here with some picks and very deserving because they went four and 13. I'm just going to talk quick stats. <clears throat> Kyler Murray missed you know, the first half of the season with his ACL injury, and he came back. He actually played pretty well. Uh, eight games through for 1,800 yards. Uh, 10 touchdowns, five picks. Um, not the greatest ratio, but, you know, he hadn't played all year. He didn't have a training camp. You know, he didn't have anything to go off. They had Josh Dobbs, who played fantastic. Uh, the first half ended up dealing him for one of those picks. I'm not sure exactly which one. 1,569 yards, and he had a five touchdown to five – or eight touchdown to five interception ratio, but he did do a lot of his damage on the ground. Um, and then running, it was the James Conner show. Um, after that, it falls off a little bit. And uh, receiving wise, they did struggle having they don't have a real true number one receiver ever since they've traded DeAndre Hopkins. Marquise Brown was good. Um, Trey McBride was good. But outside of that, you really fall off. Rondell Moore was quiet. Um, that's really all the stats I'm going to go over. I just want to give a recap of the season and I'm going to let Roy give you his thoughts first. Well, yeah, I mean, for Arizona, I mean, the Arizona used to be known for their uh, run game and their defense. And this year's defense, I mean, defensively this year, they were 25th over total defense this year. I mean, that's that's not your typical Arizona defense that, that they usually have. I've never been a Kyler Murray, Murray fan. I, I mean, I just don't think – I think he's an exciting player to watch, but I, I think he, he's just not a player that's going to win you the tough game that you need to win. Um, I just – I know he didn't – this year he didn't have a wide receiver. That's something they've got to, they've got to uh, figure out early. I mean, even uh, Marquise Brown, who they trade for, he is a free agent this year. Um, I don't know if they'll try to retain, retain him because I think him and Kyler Murray have a connection from college and everything. But I mean, they're all O lines bad. Their D lines bad. I mean, their offense was 19th overall. I know Kyler Murray missed, but you got to think Kyler Murray was there for the, what the last four games, five games. I think. Uh, I think. I think. I think he had a little he bit. Played eight he played eight games. The last eight about games. Halfway. You got to think. In the last in the last eight games, they were one and seven in their last eight games. Yeah. I mean, he's just. I mean, he he's not. He to me, he's not a proven winner. I mean, what was the jokes was last year or two years ago when they were talking about he, he doesn't he doesn't watch any game film when the call of yeah, duty yeah, comes out or whatever. His, yeah. So I mean. Clause. A quarterback that's not taking this serious, I mean, that's just not him. I think he just goes out there to play. Reminds you a lot of Johnny Manziel. Just not a player that's going to win a ball a lot of ball games. Um, they do have $41 million in uh, salary cap space. So, I mean, they do have some money to spend. But their best bet is, to, you know, they don't need a quarterback. because I know they're going to keep uh, Kyler Murray. 
So you're going to probably trade that four pick down and try to get and try to get more picks to try to improve your team. Because other than your running back, James Conner, the rest of your teams pretty much suck. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Bryce? What, what are your takeaways from last year? Yeah. I mean, they started off the season without their starting quarterback and their star in their eyes. Uh, and it just kind of seemed like they chalked it up from the beginning because of how many games they were losing it there at the beginning. And then Kyler Murray comes back and you win like one game. So it's hard. Like to me, this is like one of the worst spots to be in because they they have like their guy in Callum Murray, and I don't think any Cardinals fan is going to argue that. But I don't think Callum Murray's the guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. So you're in this weird position where you're not going to rebuild, but you're also trying to add pieces to a team that's not going to win, in my opinion. But like Roy said, this team's known for their running and their uh, defense in the past. But the one thing that I've always known the Cardinals for is to have that one great receiver like Larry Fitzgerald, and then they had DeAndre Hopkins. Who were, Those guys are going to win, man. They'll catch balls over anybody, and they didn't have that this year. So, Kyler Murray didn't really have anybody to throw to. You know, like Josh said, uh, Marquise Brown, he was supposed to be their one. He just didn't really play that good. And then Zach Ertz is old. You think, like, he, back in a while, a few years ago, he might have been a good addition, but they need somebody for him to throw it to. James Conner, he was a pretty solid running back this year, you know, over a thousand yards, uh, seven touchdowns. That's not bad. I had him on my fantasy all year long. Uh, I think that Steelers should have never given him up. He was he had that great rookie year, and he's been a solid back ever since. But other than that, they gotta they gotta figure out a lot of pieces to add to this team for them to be competitive, in my opinion. Because I don't think Kyler Murray's the type of guy like you know Patrick Mahomes in that offense. They don't need a ton of pieces around it because of how great Patrick Mahomes is. I think Kyler Murray's gonna need a lot of pieces around him to make them like a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah, I mean, I agree with almost everything you guys said. I- I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit more optimistic for the Cardinals than you guys, from what it sounds. Um, their first-round pick last year, they traded back, and they got the guy they wanted, which I know the trade isn't great because I think they picked around, like, four last year, and that's a pick they traded down to nine, and now they're getting 27 back. So I and it's, understand that. Uh, but Paris Johnson is who they wanted, they said, and that's who they got at nine. And he was fantastic as a tackle. I mean, if you have one staple – left tackle, right tackle, where you can move him around. I mean, that's a good future. You have Kyler Murray. I'm actually a little bit more optimistic on Kyler Murray. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I definitely don't think he's the franchise cornerstone that's going to win you a Super Bowl. But I also think he can win you games because he's very elusive back there and can throw. He's got a good arm. Um, I really like their head coach, Jonathan Gannon. That's the guy that uh, Jalen Hurts did really well with their Super Bowl run year. He goes to Arizona, and he makes Josh Dobbs look good. I think that's a good uh, – He Josh Dobbs didn't have anything. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good head coach to have for Kyler Murray. If he can grow a running quarterback like that, then that's good. You have $44 million in cap, two first-round picks. Um, you just got to hit on those picks. That's all it comes down to. That roster is really bad outside of a few players. So you just got to hit on those guys. Um, Marquise Brown, free agent, really their only noticeable one that you really like look at. I don't think you really have to keep him. They're projecting him to make – 15 million next year. I don't know if I'm paying him 15 million for his production, but no. I think they can go a couple different routes. But, um, you know, it's all going to come down to drafting and free agency. I mean, there's not a lot of players at the moment that say, I want to go play in Arizona. You know, that's yeah. just not how it works. You got to hit on your picks. That's what it comes down to. But I do like their head coach. I think they have a good future if they can hit on their picks. They're really in a good spot to hit on their picks, too. Yeah. They have like the number four, right? Yeah. And at this point, 
I mean, depending on what the Bears do, they're looking like they're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. And I mean, that would be the receiver I was talking about. To yeah. Take after that line of Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, they'd be perfect. Well, I mean, you're sitting in a situation here with Arizona. I mean, they drafted Kyler Murray with with, with a different coach. They had Cliff Kingsbury there, and yeah. you know, Cliff was not a great college court, college coach. And then they put hire him in NFL, and he turned out not to be a great. NFL court. I mean, coach. I mean, he had players. He, he has a great offensive scheme. He's just not a head coach. And I think that's yeah. why he's going to, he'll succeed where I think he is. He in Washington or where'd he go to? Uh, uh, he he is in Washington. Yes. I think he's Washington. Offense coordinator. But Kyle, yes. you're, you're sitting in a situation just like, I mean, Johnny Manziel is the same situation. You got these running quarterbacks that make plays. Um, Tim Tebow is another one. You hire these coaches, go in there. They hire, they they set up this offense for this, this kid that they draft. And then what? They get fired in four years. And this other yeah. coach comes yeah. in and is like, I don't, you know, I try they I try to do this or do that, but it's not, it's just not gonna work. Um, yeah. I Kyler Murray will make plays. I'm not gonna say he's not a playmaker. I mean, he'll win you some ball games, but he's just not gonna win. When you get in the playoffs and you have to play against a good defensive team, he's just not gonna he's not gonna be that good. And uh yeah. he's just they need with that with him on there, the reason they don't have that big time catcher is they need speed, is what they always with him. You gotta have somebody yeah. who can make speed. I agree. They need a tall wide receiver, somebody like Larry Fitzgerald that was in the past room like that. But those guys, you know, uh, hard. I mean, T. Higgins would be perfect with Kyler Murphy. You wanted to get him in there. But then, um, or you boys yeah, think T. Higgins is going to be fit for every team in the NFL. Well, I mean, I mean you're, <laughs> when you're a big wide receiver yeah, like that, I you're, agree. you know, that's, I, I mean, I don't think Cincinnati will let him go, but I mean, there's just so, so many things that Arizona needs. Their offensive line is not very good. Like I said, there's a lot of things that just need to be picked with a young, with a yeah. gun coach, new coach. They're going to in this time to start rebuilding around him. If you're going to make him a franchise quarterback or get rid of him, I agree. I think number four is an interesting spot. I mean, you got to think Caleb Williams and Drake may go one and two to whoever who owns the pick. Um, three is where the draft starts with New England, and we talked about him last week. If New England decides to go quarterback, because a lot of ways are pointing that way. I mean, you said at number four, and you can take Marvin Harrison Jr., who could be the best player in the draft. I think that's a home run. If you're Arizona, and if he's not there at four, then like you said, Roy, you really could trade back and stockpile these picks. So I think they're in a good spot. Um, and outside of their free agents this year, they do have Buda Baker, but is on a team con. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A team contract where uh, team option. Sorry, couldn't spit it out. He ain't going anywhere. Buda Baker's going to be there. So. Yeah, I mean, you got a Pro Bowl over yeah. to Quan Brisker somehow. It's just unbelievable. I mean, he's still in every single stat. Still a fantastic player. Um, 44 million in cap, and let's see what they're going to do. I think that's going to roll to the Chargers. Uh, probably the disappointment of the NFL season, I would say, collectively. Well, I mean, it's a terrible coach. I agree, terrible coach, but still, I mean, they're much better than a 12 roster in general. Yep. Uh, they had injuries, but nothing, nothing that made them go five and 12. It was just bad coaching. Uh, their NFL draft picks, they hold number five pick, obviously. Uh, they and then they own their picks. One each round, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Very simple. Um, 2023 stats, a little smaller, so let me get my glasses on. Um, Herbert, 3,100 yards, definitely not his best year. Um, 20 touchdowns, seven picks. He basically threw it to Keenan Allen every play, who had 108 catches, 1,000, almost, almost 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. Outside of that, it was minuscule to nothing. Uh, Eckler had his worst season. Uh, he only played 14 games. He was injured for a little in the early portion of the year and then not productive because they were losing so much. The defense was really bad. Uh, they are projected negative 33 million in cap, Jeez. but like we said in the first uh, last week's episode, 
you can always restructure. So they're going to be positive, but how much that is in question, but they will not be negative. They will eventually go back. So um, I show on Fox sports thing that they, they have 19 million in cap that space for this that, next year. That might be projecting their, um, with their, with their free agents. and everything. On, Yeah. When they lose the people and if they can restructure deals, they might be around 19. I don't have the projections of who they can restructure, but currently they are, they are negative, but they're going to be, and, and every NFL team has to be positive. So they're going to get there yeah. eventually. Um, out, yeah. I mean, outside of Keenan Allen, it was a, Quentin Johnson had a very disappointing rookie season, yeah. uh, no tight end production. Austin Eckler, poor season. And Herbert, he missed time late, played 13 games, um, but did sign his big extension. Um, I'm going to go with the recaps. I'll start this one off. This is a disappointing year for L.A. Um, you have your franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert. He's a great player. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger, and it's just kind of a wasted season. Same with Mike Evans. He plays – Mike Evans played – Three games, you know, he, he's he been injury-prone his whole career. Um, they finally do fire Brandon Staley. Mike Williams. Mike, well, what did I say? Mike Evans. Oh, I was trying Mike, to figure out who you were talking Mike about. Mike Williams, excuse me. But, uh, I mean, just a disappointing year. They fire Brandon Staley, and they bring in the big name, Jim Harbaugh, who does run from his uh, suspension at Michigan and run the cheating scandal. I tried the I'm best coach joking. in football. I'm just joking. It's a good hire. I mean, it really is. Um L.A. obviously is a destination city for NFL players. You bring in Jim Harbaugh. You have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. I mean, this team is ready to recap and rebound instantly. Um, they're not talking about moving any pieces. The only big question mark will be their free agents because they are low on money. You are paying Justin Herbert a lot of money. They're key free agents. I'm not going to go over all of them. Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, and Kenneth Murray Jr., Austin Eckler and Kenneth Murray Jr. do seem to be likely walks. Um, seems like they will not yeah. be able to retain either of them. Definitely possible. You can rework deals, but it's a long shot from what I've heard. Um, what do you guys think? What do you What do you think of this season? Well, I mean, and yeah, I mean, when you got a quarterback like Justin Herbert, that's it. I mean, that's disappointing. I mean, there's not many quarterbacks that can sling the ball like him in the NFL. I mean, that's just. Yeah. Uh, but you are right. They their running game was terrible this year. And it had to be a thing. Their offensive line was absolutely horrible. I mean, they, you know, you, they, uh, they just couldn't run the ball, and so they had to throw a lot. And then when you throw as many times as you had, you throw back there. I mean, he, uh, Herbert's going to get hurt. Eventually, he's going to get smacked pretty hard. He's going to get hurt, and that's what happens when you got a sling uh, running. Uh, not he's and he can't move. He's not like the greatest movable quarterback. So he's just a uh, stand back there and sling the passes. So they're going to have. I mean, their coaching was absolutely terrible. But then they, I mean, they, you're getting Jim Harbaugh. And Jim will go in there, and what they're—I mean, they—the Maya needs that I think they need is offensive line, defensive, and their defense. Um, their defense was 28th this year. Um, I mistake. They do. I show their. I, re, I looked at wrong notes. They do not have. Then even if restructure, they're going to have to let uh, Eckler and them go because they do not. Yeah. They can't get above the thing because they can't pay him or any of that. Even like Josh Kelly, Joshua Kelly, their yep. backup running back, they can't keep him. Um, yep. So they're going to have to draft. There, I, I see them pro, at five. That's another position where you could draft or trade down and give up some, get some more picks because that's what they're going to need to do. When, when you don't have a cap space or anything, you're going to have to get offensive line. You're going to have to get um, a running back and you're going to have to get some defensive pieces. And that's what, and that Harbaugh's, that's where he excels his offensive line and run the ball. So that's going to help yeah. Herbert. Um, but they're still in a ter- hard, hard, uh, a ter- uh, really tough division. So it's going to be 
it's going to be tough for them to prove, but I think they are, they have the most likely chance to improve of those, of the team so far today. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the season sucked, but like they have the fifth pick now and with like one of the best rosters in the league, in my opinion, and they have a new coach coming in who just won a national championship in college. He's coming in with a winning mindset and that's what this team needs because they were in all of their games at the beginning of the season, and they lost every single one of them. That was a staple of Brandon Staley losing the close game. And it's going to be interesting for us to see if it was a Brandon Staley issue or is it maybe a Justin Herbert issue yeah. in the Chargers you know, roster where they can't finish those close games. Yeah, so if you have a winning mindset and coach coming in, like change the culture to winning, you start winning those types of games and close yeah. games. And with the cap issue thing – I think a big thing that they could do is trade Cleo Mack. He's on a huge contract, and he – I mean, he's good still, but he's not good enough to get paid what he's getting paid right now. So I think you trade him, re-sign the guys you need to re-sign, and then your cap space is a lot better than what it is currently. And then with the pick, I don't even know if you trade back. I mean, maybe you trade back a few picks, but I think Rome uh, – What's Aduza it? or Aduza, yeah. Aduza or something yeah. like that? I think he's a perfect pick but, fit for this team. He's what Quentin Johnson five. should have been last year. If they trade back yeah. to like nine or ten. I just don't know. I mean, you have – they have Quentin Williams, Mike Evans – or Mike Evans, I keep saying that. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. If you draft someone at number five, he has to be a superstar. I have a hard time seeing where they can fit him in unless – I'm saying they trade back four picks to nine with the Bears. Because that's where he's projected to go. Everything I've seen is so. Who are you moving out? Quentin Johnson. I would put Quentin Johnson. So you think they need a receiver? receiver. Is that where you're you're saying in the draft a receiver? I think so. I think that they. I think they need a running back. I think they need a running back. They blew it with Quentin Johnson, and they need another person for him to throw to. Okay. So, and I I understand your your point of view, and that's fine. What do you think? Or you say running back? I mean, what do you what do you do five? well, no, no, I don't. I, I think because I honestly, they, I do think they need to trade one of their defensive linemen. Um, I think the the one they're talking about is Bosa is one they're really talking about moving um, mm. to get some picks or a, a different players. What they're what, what I've been reading, but I would at five. That's too high for, in my opinion, that's too high for a wide receiver or a running back. I mean, I think I think there yeah. you're getting a de- you're getting a defensive pl- lineman or an offensive lineman, one of the best or one or trade down and get more picks because I think you can get a good running back. Because I don't think they need a receiver. I think they need a running back or a tight end, and you can get those in the second and third rounds and get more picks. That way, you can get to get the quality of those those players. Yeah, uh, I like. I don't know about running back because running backs are so hard to gauge where to take them. You know, it's it's hard to predict. You know, they're going to trade down to twenty and take blank. You know, I'm not going to do that. I do agree with you, Bryce. They do need receiver. I I am going to. Tilt it, and it is not going to be a receiver. It is going to be a star-studded tight end who Brock Bowers from Georgia, who is a generational tight end. They say he's better than Kyle Pitts coming out. I know Kyle Pitts hasn't done anything because they don't use him in Atlanta. Arthur Smith got fired because of it. Um, I personally think Brock Bowers is going to be a star. I don't know. Tight ends are hard to gauge in a draft, but he's valued very highly. I think – I think Brock Bowers is gonna. I think he can a be tight, the pick. I'm not, a tight end, you can get ten or eleven. I mean, yeah, but and I five, think either way, if they take either one of the guys we're saying, they're trading back four to five picks. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think I could definitely see. I know. I know it sounds crazy, but that's how much they val- people are valuing Brock Bowers. Is they're saying that he could definitely go at five. Now, will he? I don't know. Especially with Jim Harbaugh, he loves to run the ball. You know, good offenses that run the ball, they use tight ends. So. 
I'm not saying they won't or will, but it's a very, I think it, everything's lining up to where it's possible, very possible. So now do they need receiver more than, you know, a linebacker because they're losing Kenneth Murray? No, but that's just what I think. I mean, if you watch the games that they, oh, Roy just dropped out. There he is. Hey, Roy, you left us for a minute. I haven't, I'm just, I haven't done anything. Uh, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say, if you watch the games that they lost, I mean, it's receivers blowing catches. I mean, well, Justin Herbert was putting them on a dime. Quentin Johnson had some of the most horrific jobs I've yeah. ever seen in my entire life this season. And it oh. just continued all year. It I did. did. I, I do agree I know, with you. But, you but Kansas City had a bunch of drops and everything. Yeah. You could I, have I, do, I agree Kansas with City what you're saying. the best defense in the league, arguably. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying, Bryce, and I do agree they need help receiving. But Quentin Johnson has to take a step up. You know, it's only year two. I understand he wasn't great because he wasn't. But, I mean, he's a rookie, and it's understandable. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to upgrade on Gerald Everett, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. I mean, it's Gerald Everett, you know. I don't have a whole lot else to say other than the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are a good football team who underperformed, and they have the number five pick. They could go so many different routes. It's still a good roster. Tony Everett had more targets than Quentin Johnson this year. Well, yeah, because he's on the field more than Quentin Johnson. I agree, but I think that's going to take us to our third and final team for the NFL, and that's going to be the New York Football Giants, one of my most hated teams in football. I'm not going to be biased, but just saying. Hated. Uh, 2023 record of 5-12. and 12. They own the number six pick in the first round. Two seconds, one being Seattle's from the Leonard Williams deal at the deadline. So two twos, a three, a four, a five, and a six. Excuse me, they do not own a seven. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a lost season. You knew it as soon as Daniel Jones tore his ACL. Played, what, six games? Yeah, six games for Jer- or for Daniel Jones. Missed the rest of the season. He's, he should be back by training camp. I assume he tore it pretty early. They had the breakthrough of Tommy DeVito from Illinois. Sorry about burp there. He got benched. Don't care. Tommy DeVito break. was electric. Eight touchdowns, three picks. Take care like of the football. Games. Like three games. I don't know. Yeah. He was electric. And they brought Tyrod Taylor in for a few, and he was just terrible pretty much. I mean, the whole team was pretty much terrible. Outside of Saquon Barkley, it was pretty quiet. Um, Saquon Barkley rushed for under 1,000. Under four yards of carry, six touchdowns. Pretty pretty quiet from a Saquon perspective, but the team overall isn't very good. They also only had 14 games this year. So. I agree. He did have a few injuries. Um, I think the biggest disappointment in my mind and a lot of others was Darren Waller. Traded from um, Vegas, one of the best tight ends the last few years. Just didn't ever find production. But when your starting quarterback goes out, you know, it usually happens. Production. You don't falls. have a good quarterback, it goes down. I, I agree with you, but – um, Daniel Jones will be back next year on a big deal. Believe they can get out of it after this season. I believe it is a three-year deal, last year being the first, and I believe they can get uh, get out of it after this season. But this year, he is owed big money. Um, I mean, the Giants, I feel like, have been in the same situation forever. Is Daniel Jones the guy? Yes, no. One day he looks great, the next he looks terrible. Saquon Barkley just cries because they don't give him the ball enough and they don't have a receiver. The Giants haven't had a good receiver in years Yeah, outside of OBJ. I mean, they have not had a number one receiver since then. Um, I think that's always been their biggest issue. They have no one to throw the ball to. Uh, the defense wasn't even that bad. They have uh, Dexter Lawrence, who's a superstar D tackle. Um, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about the Giants season? 
Yeah, they don't have a receiver for him to throw to. I mean, I've never thought Danny Dimes was the guy. I think he's pretty overrated. They went. They made that playoff run, what, last year? Yeah, uh, yeah last season. I, I mean, he was playing good then. I still don't think he's a generational quarterback that's going to lead you to a Super Bowl. I mean, I think that they need I – th- I think that this team's in the perfect spot for a trade-up. Uh, you know, they have pieces to trade, and – there's teams up there looking that could trade the number one overall pick. And I've seen ties from Saquon Barkley to several different teams. I thought maybe he'd go last year. I think he was franchise tag last year. Yep. So this would be the year to trade him, you know. Uh, number one pick, Saquon Barkley. It's possible. I don't mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible. Uh, I am going to butt in. Saquon Barkley is not expected to be franchise tagged as of today and then will become a free agent. So he's not okay. eligible to be in a trade. But he – St. Juan Barkley is projected to hit the open market. I don't yeah. see him coming back to the Giants in any way. No, I, I don't no either way. as well. Yeah. And I've seen one of the landing, one of the number one landing spots being the Bears, you know. They could trade somebody along – I don't know who they would trade. It, it's obviously got to be a pretty big package to get the number one pick. We saw last year's, and Ryan Poles has said that he's not taking anything less than last year's. I think the Giants are in the spot to do it for anybody that's going to trade up. So – you know, start a rebuild, get rid of Saquon, free up the cap space. Danny Dimes, let him play ahead of a quarterback for one season. You know, yeah. That's I, what I, see I mean, the doing. fit makes I, sense, I, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. But I, 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 I agree that they will straight up. I, I think if they're going to draft a quarterback, it'll be one of those like Michael Penix or Bo Nix yeah. late in the second or third round. Because because they're gonna see if Daniel Jones can do one more year. It's what they're is what they're gonna do. Yeah. This is fourth year. Not, they can give him the option in the fifth year, and that's what yeah. they're gonna do. I don't. I see they're gonna let Sa- Saquon go because he's gonna want too much money, and he does not want to be in New York. Does not no. want to be in New York at all. Their, offense, their offensive line have been horrible for the, all yeah. four all the years he's been there. So yeah. I think he'll go, and I think he'll 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 sign with somebody like I don't know, you know the Pittsburgh Steelers or so he likes it or somewhere near his home. And that's the type of guy that's going to do that kind of stuff. You know what team? And this, I haven't seen this anywhere. This is me. I could see being a good fit for Saquon Barkley, Houston. They're not paying CJ Stroud yet. They're not paying anybody. Yeah, Nobody. And the, you know, Saquon Barkley's not signing a five-year deal. You know, he ain't getting that. He didn't get a two to three-year deal with high money. That's perfect for the Texans. Um, I don't know where he's from. I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. I mean, he went to Penn State, but that's all I know. Bro, your wife's calling me. Well, he's from. He's from. Well, he's from Bronx, New York. So, he's not going to the Jets. I can tell he's you, he's not going to the Jets. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't. I do not. I see the Gi- Giants need a lot of needs. I mean, when you're 28th yeah. in defense and you're, uh, or when you're 27th in defense and 29th on offense. I mean, you need a lot. How they made that Super Bowl run a couple years ago, I don't know. That's just an outlier to them. They Daniel Jones is not their start, not the quarterback. They're gonna, but they're no, gonna sit there and see if he can do it one more year because that's, I, they're committed to yeah. it. But they're gonna have to if they're gonna. There's this would be the year you you draft like an, you you could make some you know trade some players, try to get some more picks. To build around whoever, you, if he, if you just say, "Hey, this year he's he did it really well," we're going to build an offensive lineman. We're going to build a better defense. This is the year you can still draft that quarterback in the second, third, fourth, or the fourth round, whatever. You know, get somebody back that way to just have just in case to learn. 
but you got to get somebody. I don't. I think the coach is that Gary. I think they've really struggled with with uh, how to get that uh, yeah. that the whole atmosphere there. The Giants are just not a good football team, and but they somehow figure out how to win enough games not to not get yeah. the first pick. So I don't know. That, I don't. I think they'll struggle this year again. I mean, their coach is a fat loser. So yeah, I yeah. mean, they they just don't have the number one in my opinion. I mean. If you Daniel Jones is good enough to win you football games, like if you know he doesn't make mistakes, a lot like Jared Goff, you know if he doesn't make the mistakes, he's decent at, at times. Barkley, a good running back, no offensive line. Uh, they have Jalen Hyatt, who they drafted last year. I mean, guy can run at a four two forty. I mean, he just flies. But you don't have the guy to go. You know, De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to win and get open. You know, a City Lamb, who's going to win and get open. I mean, I know I'm naming top receivers, but it doesn't. Amari Cooper. You have to have a quarterback and get to them. You have to have a quarterback and get it to them. I agree. I mean, I agree. Um, you guys have anything else on the Giants? They no, don't have – oh, did I not do – oh, here I am. My bad. I skipped something. Uh, they're impending free agents. They don't have a whole lot outside of Saquon Barkley, who we all agree will not be there. They do have Xavier McKinney and uh, Adoree Jackson. Oh, that's actually quite a bit. Isaiah Simmons. I actually lied. This is quite a bit. They have a lot of impending free agents. And they have twenty six million. They can re, uh, restructure. They're going to have about forty or fifty. Probably they can keep the main guys they would like. Doesn't sound like Saquon's coming back, but yeah, I, I just think you you got to. I mean, you, you've had Saquon there for so long, you didn't trade him. But I don't have anything well, else in the Giants. It's just I mean, too much money. Got, it's going to cost too I much agree. money to keep him. And he he's going to want more from them because yeah. you know he, they're not going to. You know he might go to Houston where they're ready to win now, you know, or on their way up. He might not ask for as much. He just wants to go there. But I think that's all we got for NFL. What do you guys think? Yep. That's going to lead us to some baseball. And we're last week we did the NOS, and we had some good conversations. This week we get a little deeper because we're doing the NL Central. And I know we this is probably the division we know the second most about as a group. Um because Bryce is a Chicago Cubs fan, and they are in this video, along with us being from the St. Louis area. We know St. Louis very well. Um, I'm going to let Bryce lead us off with the Pirates, though. All right, the Pirates uh, had a 76-86 and 86 record and missed the playoffs last year. But the one good thing about that is they didn't lose any free agents this year. And they added Yasmani Grandal, Aroldis Chapman, Martin Perez, uh, Marco Gonzalez. And their projected starters are O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Kean Brian Hayes, Andrew McCutcheon, Jack Sawinski, Rowdy Tellez, Yasmani Grandal. I don't know what that name is. Uh, just say their last name, Paguero. Paguero. And I don't know the last guy. Palacios. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, I didn't think they had a very good team last year. You know, they have some batters who, like, aren't bad, but the only one batting above, uh, let's see, where's the average? There it is. They don't have anybody batting above 300. Uh, they have some home run hitters like Rowdy Tellez is a big, big hitter. Um, O'Neill Cruz can hit big at some points. Um, they don't have like a lot of consistency in my opinion. And their pitchers weren't really that great last year. Uh, David Bednar is pretty good. Um, they added a role as Chapman who, can be good. I don't think that they no. had a ton of great starters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Yankees fans might not like him. Cubs no. fans definitely love him when it's a World Series. But, um, you know, they added Yasmani Grandal. I mean, 
he's so old. I don't see him yeah. helping at all, really. Maybe just rotational catcher position. Uh, this team's not that great, you know. I'm surprised they won 76 games, but yeah. Uh, I'll go next, Roy. I actually yeah. really like what the Pirates did in the offseason because they, they had one theme and they did it well. Sign veteran guys who you hope have a good year. Their young guys are not ready in those positions, so they went and hot. They went and signed all these old guys who they're. I guarantee you, unless Aroldis Chapman has a five ERA, he will not finish the season on the Pirates. He's going to get flipped to a contender at the deadline Probably. for prospect. That's the idea behind their players. They do on their bench. Bryson Glover do have Henry Davis, former number one overall pick, twenty four. You got to hope that he breaks out a little bit. Their rotation: Mitch Keller, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez. All guys you could hope to flip. Maybe not Mitch Keller. He's only 27. Ben Nahr, who they, a lot of people thought would be flipped last year after a great season, didn't get moved. Chapman, it's just a lot of older guys. Um, you really hope that Brian Reynolds continues to be Brian Reynolds. Yeah. Um, you really hope O'Neill Cruz stays healthy because when he's on the field, he's unbelievable to watch. The power and the speed that he has at, what is he like? I don't. It doesn't have his high. He's like six six at shortstop with like a Ellie cannon. Cruise, yeah, and keep Ryan Hayes. I I watched he's a video six, and seven. I read an article. What's that? Six, six seven, seven okay. two fifteen. Yeah, keep Ryan Hayes is considered on metrics the greatest defensive player in the history of baseball so far. Per year, like every year, he led last year of almost all third basemen in defensive runs saved, and he played like. 40 less games in second place. Wow. And he already passed him. In the, so they're just hoping that bat comes around and former top prospect. Uh, what do you guys think about the Pirates this year? Like, what are your thoughts? I, I like what they did, signing the older guys. Um, you're just hoping they have good years and you can flip them. Well, this is a typical Pirates team. This is what it is, is a bunch of young kids. But they, I mean, but the, what they got different is these young kids are very talented. Yes. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, whether they take the next step is the question. Cruz and Hayes and Davis are three of the bright stars for that team that, that yep. can move up. If they, if they take that next step, they're going to make some noise. Um, their pitching staff is, in my opinion, still average. Um, they did sign some veterans, I think, just to just to have some leadership because you had a lot of young – I mean, you mm-hmm. have a lot of young guys. I mean, even Brian Reynolds, I mean, he's been awesome for them for several years. I mean, he's been in trade rumors for probably the last two years. Um, if he can, he did finally sign an extension. Yeah. If they could just get him to, you know, keep him going and get these younger kids, they're going to, they're going to make some noise now, whether, but the problem with it, that does that they can make noise till the trade deadline. And then it's like the pirates just want to say, Hey, okay, we're third or second or third in the, the, in the division. Uh, we'll just trade some of these guys away and try to make more drop. And And that's that's exactly what, yeah. That's what's going to happen. And I, it's sad. You know, when I grew up, the Pirates were the, were the freaking stud of baseball. I mean, Barry Bonds, yeah. Bobby Bonilla, growing up with those guys. And to watch them to watch them now to be basically a minor league team uh, for anybody, uh, these bigger teams to play, uh, to draw their players from them. I yeah. mean, they've had some great players on their team. But, yeah. the, I mean, Cruz and Hayes and Davis, if the, you can get those three to stay together, with Brian Reynolds and some and Addy, some other guys, some of these other guys to take next mm-hmm. steps. That's going to be a hell of a ball club. Maybe not this yeah. year, uh, but next in the next three, two or three years. I'm it's, if this group stays together and uh, get some young pitching and get some get a better closer than freaking Rawls yeah. Chapman. Um, uh, then you'll be then they'll be then you're looking at a team that might make some noise in the playoffs. One person I did not mention who 
I find unlikely to find his way to the major leagues this year, but it's very possible is former number one overall pick from this last year's draft, Paul Skeens, a.k.a. Libby Dune's boyfriend. Um, he is possible. He's at camp um, that he could make his way into the major league baseball roster throughout the year. He's not expected to start there. I would kind of be surprised because I don't think they're they're really trying to win it this year. I think this year, oh, no. like I said, they're, they're trying to you know get those older guys, flip them, and give their younger guys some time. But, you know, next year I think could definitely be a strike year if those guys take the next step. I think that's I really them, all I have. I have them finishing last in the division. Oh, uh, I want you to save that. At okay. the end, I'm going to go through each of you guys. All right. Um, but, yeah, you got anything else for the Pirates, Bryce? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I'll do the next one. Um, let me get a drink. That's going to kick us off to the hometown team for us, the St. Louis Cardinals 2023. Record of 71 and 91 who missed the playoffs. Their key losses on the offseason. Um, they lose Adam Wainwright to retirement and they trade Tyler O'Neill to the Red Sox. And their key additions are all basically pitching. They add Sonny Gray to a three year deal, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and they sign Matt Carpenter after being released from the Braves. Uh, projected lineup. Brendan Donovan, Paul Goldschmidt, Lars Newbar, Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Tommy Edmond, and Mason Wynn with Carpenter, Herrera, Furman, and Dylan Carlson on the bench. Rotation of Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, Steven Matz. And in the bullpen, really their only bigger names are Gallegos, Helsley is the closer. They do get Keon Middleton and Andrew Kittredge. The rest are a little lesser known. Roy, what do you <coughs> excuse me? What do you think about the Cardinals roster and like what happened last season, which was a disappointment in St. Louis's eyes. Well, I um, I think St. Louis actually did a pretty decent job um, with what they got in the off season. Um, they need pitching, and they went out and got. I mean, you didn't get like top of the line pitchers, but you got. I mean, Sonny Gray was doing well last year. I mean, he had a great yeah. season for him. Um, Michaelis, you know, he's been a, he he just he. I mean, he can be a stud sometimes. It just depends if he can. He figures it out again this year and does a good job. Kyle Gibson's, you know, but you got guys that eat innings, and that's what Cardinals yeah. always do. They get guys that just eat innings, get you six, <laughs> seven innings, get you to the bullpen. Their lineup, in my opinion, is still pretty dang – I mean, still decent. I mean, Goldschmidt, I know he's getting up in age, but he's still a stud. Arenado yeah. is still a stud. Um, I like um, their young players. I mean, I mean Newt, Newt Barr, you know, Brendan Donovan, some of those guys. I like – I think they're just – they're typical Cardinals, guys that just go out yep. there and play baseball, play their asses off, and then just want to win ball games. And I think they're they're I I didn't like the way they got managed last year. I thought that was their problem. Um, but they got a, a roster that can that's going to improve. They're not going to be the same. This isn't going to be the low level Cardinals like it was last year. I think they they they're going to take a step forward, and it's going to yeah. be a different team this next year. How about you, Bryce? I know you're a Cubs fan, but what do you think? Yeah, I thought I thought the Cardinals on paper would have been a really good team, but. For some reason, I don't think this team plays well together. You know, they have two years ago they made the playoffs, didn't win a game. This year they miss out on the playoffs. I mean, it's just upset in year after upset in year. Whenever you have Goldschmidt, who just had an MVP, Nolan Arenado, one of the best third basemen of all time, Wilson Contreras came from the Cubs, was playing phenomenal, came over, didn't play that good. Besides, whenever he played the Cubs, uh, Lars Newtbar was arguably your best player this year, in my opinion. Uh, Brennan Donovan stepped up. Jordan Walker is one of the worst defensive players I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he's young. 
I know, but I mean, he just doesn't. He's a good bat, but he looks like a DH to me. I mean, he just doesn't seem like he can move well, they, to me. They he's got so a DH. Slow. I mean, Gorman's going to be their DH because I mean that's just yeah. a, he's a typical DH. But Jordan Jordan Walker, he's he's just young. He's going to learn. He's got he'll be he also played third base his whole life, and they moved him to the outfield last year, so he's learning a new position. Yeah, as well. I understand that, but it was it just looked bad to me. I mean. <clears throat> I like their the people that they added though. I mean, every single person they added fits their roster. I think. Yeah. So they're definitely will probably be a little bit better this year than they were last year. But I also said that last year. Um, I think that their pitching's pretty good. Sony Gray, Miles Mikolas. I actually got to see him get thrown out of a game last year. I was at. Mm, yeah. Pretty did. awesome. Uh, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn had a bad first half of the year. Got traded. Stepped up. You know, it's hard to play whenever you play for the White Sox. And you don't win games. And then he went to the Dodgers, correct? And correct. He played much better. Yep. So he might be looking to step up this year. Uh, Steven Matz, he really didn't have that bad of a year either, a 3.95 ERA. I mean, that's not horrible. But no. Oh, those are projections. Rotation. Oh. On the right side, those are 2024 projections. Which one is it? That's this year. Uh, They don't have this year, last year's stat. Well, that's projections. Why, well, how do you project someone with ERA? That doesn't make sense. Stats. It's just uh, future stats with the programs. Yeah. Ryan Helsley. I mean, he's been pretty good. Uh, yeah. They have good people all the way through their entire lineup. So yeah. you know, this is a baseball town that you expect them to be good every year. So last year being a down year, they you'll see them bounce back this year. Obviously, yeah. I don't think that they really lost anybody. I mean, Adam Wainwright was a staple in this town, but he was so old. Tyler O'Neill in the outfield, good defender. Uh, he, I mean, he's just a, a ball player. I don't think that he was a huge piece to really lose to make them be a worse or better team, in my opinion. So I think that if you're the Cardinals, you have a lot of hope going into this year. Yeah. Um, this team offensively had a down year. I think yeah. they had a lot of, you know, Walker, New Year. Um, they didn't have a shortstop really outside of Edmund, but he's their utility guy. Now they bring up Mason Wynn, who struggled last year at the end of the year, but he's, you know, 21 years old. Um, Brendan Donovan hurt. Nolan Arenado was supposedly hurt as well. That's why he struggled. Just a lot of offensive struggles last year, and their pitching staff was abysmal. That's what it was. That's why they were so bad was that pitching staff. And like you said, Roy, you nailed it. Uh, They had the guys who eat innings, and that's what this team needed the most. They don't need that superstar because their offense is good enough not that, you know, they're going to score runs every game. That's just how they are. They're they're usually a good offense. Last year they didn't because they all had down years. And the pitching staff struggled. I love the addition of Sonny Gray. I mean, Sonny Gray finished second in Cy Young last year in the American League behind Garrett Cole. That's a fantastic uh, signing. And he only signed him for three years. That's no long-term commitment, really. But outside of that, I am a little nervous with Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. I mean, those are older guys who you're, you know, one throw away from having a fluke injury. And then you're almost right back in the spot. So outside the Sonny Gray trade, I didn't love it. Lance Lynn's a good guy because he's been in that organization. He knows the Cardinal way. Um, and and they're bullpen. Yeah, he can pitch. Yeah. He just gave up the home run ball too much last year, and that was his problem. But uh, their bullpen to me is good. It's a middle-of-the-pack bullpen. I think Helsley's a good closer. But outside of that, I think they might – they need those inning eaters because I don't think their bullpen's top tier. But I do expect their lineup to take a big step up, you know, Brennan Donovan two years ago was one of the best utility players in baseball. And then last year he was hurt and horrible. You know, it just happens. Goldschmidt and Arenado were not good last year. Um, but then again, 
when Paul Goldschmidt wins the MVP the year before, it's hard to do it again. You know, it just is. Uh, Wilson Contreras struggled for the first month. I mean, there's talks of him not being a catcher, a lot of distractions. And you don't have the distractions of Wainwright, farewell tour, pool holes in Yachty, farewell tour. You don't have those distractions in the clubhouse. They're there to play ball. Uh, Nolan Gorman's starting to step up as a good player. The one guy that I keep my eye on, and Bryce talked about a little bit, is Jordan Walker. I think he's going to be the next superstar of the St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe not this year, but he's going to take a step up. But that's the guy to watch. Um, I don't think I have anything else. You know, We'll talk about where we think these teams are going to finish in the standings after all, but I think that's what I have from the Cardinals. Yep. That moves us on to the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm going to let Roy take over the Reds here. All right. The Reds finished last year. They were 82-80. and 80. Um, Missed the playoffs. Their key losses this year are Harrison Bader and Joey Votto, um, which I don't think is either one too bad for them. They didn't have a whole lot, but I I, th- I had to throw Joey Votto on there. And then Harrison Bader was a decent player, even though he was barely oh, there. Yeah, barely there. Key additions yeah. were Frank and Montas and uh, Jer- was it Jeremiah Candelero? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the projected starters, I can't pull that up, but it says, you, somebody say what the projected star says? I can get it. Um, Leading off, they're going to have T.J. Friedel, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, Jimer Candelario, Jonathan India, Ellie De La Cruz, Noeve Marte, Will Benson, and Tyler Stevenson, with Christian Encarnacion Strand and Jake Fraley really being the only two bigger names on the bench. Rotation of Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Frankie Montas, Nick Martinez, <laughs> and Andrew Abbott, yeah. with Alexis Diaz uh, in their bullpen as their closer. Um Emilio Pecan, Lucas Sims are decent names. Yeah. Outside of that, it's kind of quiet in the bullpen. I mean, this the Reds yeah. last year. I mean, they did a well. I mean, they've done over the last several years. They've done a great job of just acquiring kids, you know, young guys, and developing them up. And now that now they're starting to hit that mark, and that's what's. I mean, they got probably one of the most electrifying players in baseball in Dela Cruz. I mean, he is yeah. just he's a great young player. They also, I mean, I really like the Tyler Stevenson. I mean, hell of a catcher. I think he's going to be a, a stud. Um, I, you know that I Spencer Steer and some of those guys are pretty good. Hunter Green's going to be a good, good, good starter for him. Yeah. And that Frankie Montas, I mean, he's a veteran who had and and that Oakland was awesome. You know, when he was an A. Um, now he didn't do shit for the Yankees, but he was hurt. Yeah. I think he'll succeed. I think he'll be back to the way he was in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is just a you know it's a small market team. I think they're gonna have they're gonna take a major step forward again this year. They just kept improving, improving, and I think this is the year they finally show it and they make the playoffs. Roy, I want to ask you a question before we move yeah. on. Do you think because they did call up all their youngsters for the most part, you yeah. know, the big boys? Do you think calling all them up at once onto the same roster with very little veteran presence is that a concern to you at all or no? No, it just I mean it's not. It's only concerned if the if the managers are just terrible. But the, today, the way the things are today, these kids are still developed so much faster, um, and their knowledge is so much better. Yeah. And I, I like that you brought up. You got young players that are succeeding in the minors. Bring them up. I mean, I just not. There's teams that just won't do it because you gotta wait time. You gotta be developed. <laughs> if they're succeeding down there and showing splash, these kids can play today. Bring them up and let them play. And I, I and I, I that's an excitement. Young pl- players excite the game of baseball. And that's what you need, and that's going to excite yep. the community, excite the team, and they're going to they're going to succeed in, on the, on the field. Yep. How about you, Bryce? What do you think about the Reds? 
This team, in my opinion, scares me. I mean, they have so many young players, and they were good last year. They had games where it was like, I can't believe this team's like this good with all these young players. TJ Ferdell, Matt McLean, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, all of their players, they just play so well together, and they look like they're having fun playing. And those are the teams that you always see, like, they're just good. And the addition of Jameer Candelario, I think that's huge, you know. The Cubs added him right before the deadline last year to make a push for the playoffs. He fits exactly what um, the Cubs and the Reds both do, in my opinion. They get on base a lot, and they score a lot by playing good offense, base running, and stuff like that. That's what Candelario does. I mean, he doesn't hit a whole lot of home runs. Big double and single guy. He puts bat on ball almost every time he's up to bat. Whether he gets in play or not, he's making contact a lot. So, And he's also a great third base defensive player. The, the Cubs moved him to first base a lot last year too, so he's got flexibility on where he can play now. Um, I think that's a great addition. I think that the biggest thing that they're missing is pitching because they have the offense to outscore people, and they just need that their pitchers to hold up teams. There was a lot of games I watched with them last year where it was watching them play the Cubs. You know, uh, The teams play similar. They get on base a lot. They like to score points with good – Putting ball on the play, but Boy, they would just give up too many points. Yeah, I was just about to say it. Sorry, runs. Got yeah. We can move on. That's criminal that you said that. It's, it's, I'm fucking talking, dude. I understand. It happens. Um, I'm gonna leave the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, they called everybody up. Like, like I kind of asked Roy, Christian. Not, the only problem I have with it is you're calling up some of these guys. <clears throat> And you're leaving them on the bench. Like, for an example, Christian Encarnacio and Strand's one of their best prospects. He's slated to be on the bench. And I understand these guys aren't playing every day. He could be the utility guy that fits everyone's off day. And he plays five out of seven days. But I don't know. I really like this Reds team. Even I don't even care how much Jimer Canelario does for this team. I think it's a good move because they pulled him off the Cubs, um, a division rival in that regard. Um, they're pitching. I agree with Roy. I think Frankie Montas, they trade Yankees traded for him. He was not healthy. He played a third of the last half of the year after the deadline. He was hurt. Didn't pitch at all last year other than the last game of the season. He's probably fully healthy now because he left the Yankees and he's going to be just, just like Sonny Gray was terrible in New York, goes to Cincinnati, figures it back out. Frankie Montas is going to have a good year um, with Hunter Green Graham Ashcraft, 26. Andrew Abbott, 24. I mean, this team is set for the next five years, basically. You know, this team, it's going to be the same players. Yeah. Um, You just got to hope that L.A. David Cruz takes that next step. He was excellent when he came up and then struggled down the last month of the season. Noah Bay Marte got a little, <clears throat> little taste last year. Spencer Steer was fantastic. Matt McClain was fantastic. I mean, I think this team comes down to pitching to me. You know, if they get the pitching – I think they're going to score their runs. If they don't get the pitching and those pitchers don't take the next step, I can see them, you know, back to being 500, 80 and 82, 82 and 80, whatever it is. Um, but this team is set up to be really good for the next few years. I'll tell you that. Yep. That takes us to Rice's team, the Chicago Cubs. They go 83 and 79 last season, and they as well missed the playoffs. Their key losses, as we just noted, Jimer Candelario, Cincinnati. Michael Fulmer, free agent, Marcus Stroman to the Yankees, and Cody Bellinger, who is still a free agent. Key additions, they signed Hector Neris from Houston and 
Shota Imanaga from Japan. A um, little bit quieter of a name after uh, Yamamoto got all the attention. So it kind of flew under the radar. Their projected lineup is Mike Talkman, Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Dansby Swanson, Christopher Morrell, Michael Bush, uh, Jan Gomes, and Nick Madrigal with Miguel Maya, Masterboni, or whatever on the bench. Miles Masterboni. With Patrick Wisdom. Um, their rotation, Justin Steele, Jameson Tyone, Imanaga, Kyle Hendricks, and youngster Jordan Wicks with a bullpen of the bigger names. So it will be Anzalone Close, who was great last year. Hector Neris, who's going to be the setup probably. And outside of that, it falls off just a little bit more. Um, Bryce, I'll just give you the floor. Tell us what you think. The Cubs last year, I mean, I loved the team last year. I loved the push for the playoff. I missed it by, like, just the last week killed us. You know, Say Suzuki had that drop that was just – kind of ended our season. Uh, I think first we have to re-sign Cody Bellinger. I think Michael Fulmer is also somebody you have to re-sign. He had amazing games last year where he looked like he was going to be uh, a next big piece for us. And then um, it's we lost Stroman, but, you know, we signed Shota. And from what I've been seeing, Shota Imanaga is going to be one of the best pitchers in the league this year. Uh Steele was saying he was searching all over eBay, trying to find cards for him. Uh, so I'm ex- super excited to see him. Hector Neris, uh, excited to see what he's going to do. I think a, a big key piece that we added was Michael Bush losing Jameer Candelario. Uh, we really struggle at the third and first base positions. It seems like the corners were always flipping people around. We had Bellinger playing first base for the first. I don't think he's ever done that before he got to the Cubs. And um, he did good at it. You know, we had Patrick Wisdom at third base for a while who just – he can't stay in a lineup like that. He's a home run hitter who strikes out a lot. He's a great pinch hitter, but he's not He's not going to be the guy to come in and start third base for us. Um, there's talks about trading Morrell. I really hope that doesn't happen because I think we're going to see even bigger step out of him this year. That guy can play anywhere. I mean, he's one of the best young kids I've seen in a while. The guy hits a lot of home runs. He'll play anywhere, match an off day, and he'll DH whenever he's not. My favorite thing about this team is I think that we probably have the best defensive team in the whole league. I mean, we had three gold glovers. Uh, our infield, Dansby and Nico Horner, they're a great duo. They look like – they just have fun playing together. Uh, outfielders, I mean, defensively sound, besides say Suzuki's one drop. Uh, we get into the pitching is the issue last year, so – Justin Steele, runner. I mean, he almost won a Cy Young this year. He's going to be our ace this year now that Stroman's gone with Talion being second. Uh, he showed games where he was unbelievable last year, and then there would be games where he'd give up 12 runs. So you, you really don't know what you're getting with him sometimes, but he's kind of older. So him and then going into Imanaga, who I'm super excited to see. Hendricks stepped up again last year. We started seeing kind of what we saw in the old Kyle Hendricks. You know, just a ton of control, not a lot of speed, which you don't see a ton of that, like, in today's baseball. And then Jordan Wick started to step up at the end of last year. And I'm super excited about some of our bullpen because Albert Lozole, he was one of – he was a great closer last year. I mean, if he came up and the game was on the line, you saw that fist go up after the win. Uh, Merriweather had some iffy games. Mark Leiter, Jr., uh, Big prospect, had some iffy games. My favorite here in the bullpen is Javier Assad. 
I thought he played great, and I'm super excited to see him play more because he would come in and just – I mean, he was on fire last year at the end of the year. So I think that there's a ton for the Cubs to be looking forward for this year, but you have to start it by re-signing Cody Bellinger. I mean, you just can't let him walk. He's the leader of this team, and he fits the rotation. He fits the clubhouse. He fits the style that the Cubs like to play. And just this, like, the smile on the field. Like, you can just feel his energy affecting every player around. So you have to re-sign him this year, in my opinion, if you're the Cubs. Or else you go back to two years ago and you've got the exact same team and you miss out on the playoffs again. I mean, he's the guy that's going to lead you, in my opinion. How about you, Roy? What do you think of the Cubs? I agree. I think they need to sign Cody and Bellinger. They got a bunch of young young kids. I mean, uh, Horner and them. They 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 got a, a nucleus, of, you know, that can that can make some uh, make some noise. But they need that big bat in the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah. They uh, that no big bat. And then I agree with their starting pitching staff. You know, I, there's just too many question marks to know if they can really compete in uh, day in day out. You know, as a Yankee fan, we saw James uh, Talion do that off yeah. all the time. Yeah, I mean, he'd be, he Every might year, be almost so. a no hitter. For through six innings, and then the next two innings yeah. gave up nine runs. I mean, that's yeah, just that's yeah. who he is. That's just who he is, and that's yeah. when you you need five pitchers. But when you when you struggle to have a starting pitching staff that they like they do, and not, and not a big bat, I mean, they're going to get guys on base because I think they got a good group of guys that can hit the ball. Um, that are in, and their defense is good. I think that's that's those are your what you can build on. But it, yeah. if you don't have somebody that can that can just smack the hell out of the ball every time, you, I mean, yet you, you had. Sh- I mean that's too bad you get you know you used to have Schwarber and you guys have those guys you know Rizzo and and now and then Bellinger now you don't have any of those guys and unless one of these guys develops into a big time home run hitter um, yeah. because we, you know you I you know you got Topman you know in uh, center field held the Yankee Morrell, he had like he, nine no, and twelve games when he yeah. was, I know when he was a Yankee he was he was great he just not consistent that's his problem yeah. he's not a and consistent he's with guys also like thirty three years old yeah, yeah. but, but so. you but like you said you have a bunch of young guys um, that you, morale um, Horner you know uh, Swanson Hap he just I think he strikes out too much but that's David Gaines of baseball but he could be a yeah. bigger bat if he can just learn to hit the ball more often uh, those yeah. batters like that drive me nuts I mean we I mean. We yeah. see that all across baseball now is the guys that just strike out too much, but yeah. uh, the Cubs, I th- the Cubs, I think you're in, a, you're right, you're probably where you were at last year. Maybe depending if somebody takes a step up, um, I think you're right at the right about the same same record as last year. Yeah, I mean the Cubs to me are they, they they're confusing. I mean last year going into the year, everyone thought it would be a pretty bad team, and they exceeded expectations. And they did not move any of their pieces. And if that is your way, I agree. That's fine. Do whatever you want. You missed the playoffs. Okay, it happens. You faced the Braves last week. You needed three wins. It's hard to do. Um, And then they go out and they sign Craig Council, steal him from Milwaukee, highest paid coach in history. Fine. It's coach. It doesn't go against your books. And the Cubs have money. But then they don't go out and sign anybody outside of 30-year-old Shohei Imanaga. I mean – who could be fantastic, could be terrible. A lot of people don't know anything about him. He Everything from Cubs camp says he looks great, and good for them if he is. Um, what are you doing not signing Cody Bellinger? Cody Bellinger, I guarantee you, wants to be there. He does. And the Cubs want Cody Bellinger. You are not paying anybody any money on this roster. Mm-hmm. Ian Happ makes under 20, I can guarantee it. No one else makes it. You're a big market team. You've had Chris Bryant walk. Uh, let go of 
Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, is this team is operating as a small market team when it comes to finances, and I don't get it because they shouldn't. I understand Cody Bellinger has Scott Boris as his agent, and he's probably asking for the moon and back. Well, but. no, don't give it. The Cubs, I think, have tried to get players. I think they're lowballing them a lot, and those guys aren't taking the bait. And that might yeah, be the problem. I mean, I mean um, and I don't know. I, I read that they did, and the Bellinger it has a set number that's just up here. I mean, it's yeah. Boris. Boris it's has Boris. a number up here. Exactly. And that's why they can't get it. And, and, the, car, and the Cubs, I think the difference about the Cubs is their owners bought everything around, basically around Wrigley Field to make money yeah. themselves. And they're still paying off everything else. They're still trying to do up money here, have money there. Yeah. And I think that's what's got them in trouble is they're like, they're more focused on the revenues outside than what they're putting yeah. into the field. And to they're, me, not, they're, they're not willing to spend that big money to do that. I agree. And in, I just don't understand the, because everything they've done outside of signing players for their baseball team has shown me that they want to win. You know, they didn't yeah. sell the deadline, which is fine. Even if some people think they should have dealt, they didn't. They went for it. I respect that. I mean, we were second in the division. I agree. It just didn't work, and it happens. Somebody has to miss the playoffs. But then not to go – I don't know. I understand you're not fishing for other guys, but, you know, you signed Hector Neris. You signed – Not not go out there and make them – because they knew what they had to have to win for this Exactly. And not to go out there – you knew you had to need a bat, and you knew you need some starting pitching, and you didn't didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, um, I just I, the, you you guys nailed it. They're missing the power. The, no one on this roster is maybe Patrick Wisdom, but he is not an everyday player. No. no one on this roster is a power hitter, which is fine. But you need a few of them. You have to. Cody Bellinger, even though he's a defensive guy, he is a power hitter first when it comes to his offense. Yeah. Uh, this power might be doubles in a gap, but it's extra bases. Um. Talkman, he'll run into a few. Same with Ian Happ. He strikes out a lot, and he'll run into a few. But he's not a power hitter. Uh, his team lacks that middle order of the bat. Bellinger's a perfect fit in so many ways. I still think he ends his way there. It's just it's hard not to. But they're at, a, they're at a staring match right now. Boris is looking right at the Cubs, and the Cubs are looking at Boris. And someone's going to have to give, or he's not going to play baseball. But I don't see that happening. Boris is just um, getting too old. He's got all those free well, agents now that are just staring, and they're yeah. not, nobody's taking a bait right now. Um, to me, I think the Cubs are a better team on the field than they are on paper due to Bryce talking about their defense. Their defense helps them in many ways. It's the same reason the Cardinals have always been good. They always play exceptional defense. That saves their pitcher runs. Um, but with that being said, this rotation scares me. Justin Steele had a great year last year. He has to, as being as an ace, he has to repeat it or get better. Yeah. Jamison Tyone, we all know. We Bryce learned last year. Cy Young, or the worst pitcher in baseball. There yeah. really is no in-between. Um, I think a lot of it will land on Imanaga. If he turns out to be a very, very good pitcher, that's three starters who you can feel comfortable with at least going out and starting a playoff game. Kyle Hendricks at this point, he can win you a few games, but Kyle Hendricks is not going to be a Cy Young candidate by any means. And you hope Jordan Wicks takes a step up. Hector Neris is a good player. Um, but the the Imanaga to me is a big outlier. Um, right now, to me, this is a worse team than they were last year due to Cody Bellinger not being there. If Cody yeah. Bellinger is there, I take it back and I say they're probably very similar to, to last year. If not better. Or, yeah. But without Cody Bellinger, or shoot, even Matt Chapman, even though I don't think he's going to land here, you never know. 
Um, this is the worst team with the other teams in the division getting better, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's going to take us to our last team in the Milwaukee Brewers, and I'll lead this one off. They win 100 games last year. They go 162, and they lose first round the wild card to the team that went to the World Series, the um, Arizona Diamondbacks. Key losses for the Brewers. Uh, Andrew Chafin goes to Detroit. Matt, Mark Canna traded to Detroit as well. And the big boy, Corbin Burns, traded to Baltimore. Their key additions, they really only signed Reese Hoskins to play first base. Their lineup looks like Christian Yelich, William Contreras, Sal Fralick, Reese Hoskins, Willie Adamas, who doesn't look to end the year there. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, super prospect. Jackson Jordero signs a D- – Eight-year deal before he even plays a minute of Major League Baseball. Bryce Turang and Joey Ortiz, who they traded in the Corbin Burns deal with Jake Bowers, Joey Weimer, and Gary Sanchez, a couple former Yankees on that bench. Rotation looks like Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley, Jacob Junis, Colin Ray, and D.L. Hall, also received in the Corbin Burns trade. We do not have him on the roster because at the time I did this, he was not there. Um, what's his name? Woodruff. Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff did sign. He will miss about half the season, if not all. I think he's only going to miss half. I could be wrong. But he did sign a two-year deal. With the bullpen being very bland outside of the star closer, Devin Williams. Bryce, what do you think out of the Brewers to repeat as division champs, but how they – offseason has gone for them and future. I don't think the offseason has gone very well for them. I mean, Corbin Burns was so good for them. And uh, I thought Andrew Chafin was a good player too. You know, I don't see them winning 100 games again like they did last year. This team was scary last year because it felt like every time you played them, each single day they had an ace as their pitcher. I mean, their pitching staff was unreal. You would go in and you'd be like, Wow, it's the third game, and I'm facing a guy who's a top ten pitcher in the league. Yeah. Like, what's going on? I don't think that they have that good of a pitching staff this year. As they, I think Woodruff being re-signed helped a lot, but it didn't look like that for a while. Um, I think this team was super hot a few times this year too, which helped them kind of get to that 100 win, but then didn't do well in the playoffs. So I can see them falling back a little bit this year than what they were last year. Yeah. How about you? What did you think of their offseason and what do you think this year? I think Milwaukee has decided, you know, they spent a ton of money over the years and never got a World Series. I think they just said, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. They got rid of some of their high price players and decided, you know what, we're just going to try to build something different. And they're going to, they're kind of doing what Kansas City did a bunch of years ago where Kansas City spent a bunch of money yeah. and then got, to, got, you know, never got to the World Series, did some things. And they're like, you know what? We spent a lot of money, really haven't shown a whole, a lot of results besides division champions and just said, you know, we're going to rebuild. I think Milwaukee's yeah. in that spot. You know, you yeah. get that, they're only signing is Hoskins, who just comes off an injury. Um, yep. he, was, I mean, he was a good player before then, but he's not, I mean, you gave up your best pitcher, probably one of the better pitchers in baseball. And then yeah. you give up some of your, top players and you sign a guy like gary sanchez who's just been a kind of out there for anybody because he's, he's don't forget about jake bowers and well i didn't mind jake bowers but gary sanchez is just fucking lazy i mean he's just a lazy guy who doesn't give a shit about anything but i, I think milwaukee's just realized you know what i'm not, we're gonna try to do this differently and try to build within and just not spend money and they're yeah. gonna take this is a rebuild year i think they're gonna take this year it's gonna take a couple of years now i think they're a lot worse than they were last year so i think they're gonna yeah 
I think they're going to make a dramatic uh, drop in the in this division. I agree a lot with you guys. Um, to me, Milwaukee, and they are they're a small market team, and small market teams they have like they have short spurts of when they're going to go for it. You know, at certain times. Yeah. I mean, you got to think of this pitching staff, like Bryce alluded to a couple minutes ago. Freddie Peralta currently is slated to be their ace. He was their three last year behind Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, then Freddie Peralta with a bullpen of Devin Williams and Josh Hader. I mean, at the end of the day, that is, that's a tough group to score runs on. And their offense has always been secondary behind that. But now they've traded Corbin Burns, Josh Hader, Woodruff's out for a while. I mean, their pitching staff has been depleted with that lineup who now they've really went for the young route. Um, they def- they're just taking their step back. It didn't work with their core. They're all they were all getting ready to hit free agency. Burns is a free agent next year. Hater was a free agent this year. They're just not looking to spend the big money on the top guys. And to me, that's fine. But their returns have been very. I mean, you trade Core Burns as a top ten pitcher in this league. I don't even know who Joey Ortiz is. And I know about DL Hall because the Orioles weren't even going to use him as a starter. They didn't think he was good enough. And that's what gets you Corbin Burns. I understand he's on a walk here, but damn. Damn, Yankees, what are you doing? And then Josh Hader. I don't even know what prospect they got back for Josh Hader. Josh Hader was the best closure in baseball when they traded him. So I I don't know. And I'm sure they – it could be some 17-year-old who's going to be a superstar. They do have one really good prospect in Jackson Shordero, who will be their everyday center fielder. He is a big name to watch out for. He could definitely be good here in a couple of years. Sal Fraylick, good rookie. William Contreras, good catcher who can hit. Yelch is still there, but this team, I agree, is definitely going to take a step back um, from winning 100 games. And so that's going to lead me to – I'll start with you, Bryce – what is your order that you believe that this division will finish with? Well, I'm going to start with fifth. Okay. And I'm going to say the Reds. Or, sorry, not the Reds. The Pirates. I was about to say, sorry. wow. I was going to say what? Yeah, okay. Uh, I think it'll go Pirates. And then I see this is where they'll drop is the Brewers. Is, uh, okay. Four. All in four. I am going to put the Cardinals at three. I don't think that they make as big as a step as you guys think okay. they do. I'm going to put the Cubs at two again because I see them if they sign Cody Bellinger. If not, I think that if they don't sign Cody Bellinger, the Cardinal and Cubs can flip. But I see them signing Cody Bellinger and then being the two seed again. And then I see the Reds taking an even bigger step with their young core and yeah. being the number one seed. This with year. that being said, do you have – obviously the Reds would make the playoffs in that scenario. Yeah. Do you have the Cubs in the scenario making the playoffs as the two? With Cody Bellinger, I do. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. How about you, Roy? What do you see the division looking like? I was I, I had mine a lot about the same. I had the Pirates. I have them winning seventy one ball games this year. I think the I think they'll they'll be the bottom of the barrel. I think they just got a lot of young kids. Milwaukee. I do have them fourth. I only have them win seventy four. I think they're going to make a huge, uh, dramatic loss. I think this is just a rebuilding year. I have the Cubs at three. I think they're going to be eighty two and eighty two is what I got them at. I think they're yeah. going to be. I just have them right at five hundred. I do not have them in the playoffs. Um. I have the Cardinals at 86 wins. I think Cardinals will do better, and I think they'll have uh, just four more wins than the Cubs, and that's about it. I don't have them in the playoffs either, but then I have Cincinnati winning 94 games this year, and mm. I think they will be in the playoffs. So I don't have I only the have boys one are, team. The boys are big on Cincinnati taking the step. Yep, that's what it seems like. Um, mine's going to look a little different. I will. I agree. I do have Pittsburgh at the bottom. Um, this might come as a shocker. I do have the Cincinnati Reds finishing fourth. 
I don't think their pitching is going to hold up. I really don't. And all those young players, are they're fantastic. But are they going to repeat the ones that were good? I don't know. Um, if they do, I mean, obviously, they're not going to finish fourth. I just am a little worried with all the young players. I am a little worried. Um, and they are the most hyped team in this division coming in as well. Mm-hmm. I do have Milwaukee finishing third in this division. I do think they take a step back. I think their uh, lineup isn't as bad. I think they could, you know, Christian Yelts is still a good player. I think they can be good. Um, I will have the, what's the theme? The Chicago Cubs finishing in second. I couldn't think of the third team. And I do have the Cardinals finishing first in the division. If the Cardinals pitch well, they're going to win the division. So. Bryce is shaking his head. I mean, they're they're not going to go from fourth to first. It's just they 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 have almost the exact same team, and all of them are on downclines of their career. Okay, and you say downclines, which is fine, but most people, like myself, think that those players will bounce back and be good. So it's just how old is Goldie? Like a hundred? Yeah, thirty-four, thirty-three. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him coming back to MVP level. And that's what got them. I mean, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be an MVP level player. If he if he has a typical goalie year like he does every year usually, which is usually not an MVP player, they can be fine. Nolan Arenado is still a good third baseman. I just think I just think the Cardinals pitching, especially the bullpen. I think their bullpen is better than most teams in the division. Um, And I this is. I still don't know who else he would go to. I do not think the Cubs will sign Cody Bellinger. This it's been too long of a stalemate and no conversation. I just don't think it's going to happen. But I don't know who he's going to go to if he doesn't go to the Cubs. So Goldie's thirty six. Yeah. So I also believe Jordan Walker will be the biggest step up player in this division as well. So it's all projections. Well, we shall see. I mean, you got you say the Cardinals aren't good enough to go from first or from fourth to first i don't know how the brewers are bad enough to go from first to fourth so it's all it's all what we think so we shall see we will know later uh i think that's going to lead us into bryce's category that he wanted to talk about a little bit yeah i wanted to talk about the nba a little bit because we had all-star weekend uh it kind of sucks that there was nothing to bet on here for like the last three days unless he bet on uh nhl um we had the NBA All-Star Weekend where the East won 211 to 186, and Damian Miller took on the MVP. I mean, 211 points to 186. It's just – it's bad. Every year we talk about this. Since, like, I think 2016 we had a good fourth quarter um, NBA All-Star game, but ever since then it just seems like it gets worse every year. Like, nobody wants to watch it anymore because it's just a bunch of guys throwing the ball around, dunking the ball. It's not exciting. So I just wanted to ask you guys if there was any ways you guys think you could fix the NBA All-Star game, not the dunk contest or three-point contest yet. Get rid of it. Do you think we should just completely get rid of it? I hate All-Stars things. I think it's stupid. Uh, no one really gives a shit about that stuff, especially NBA. NBA players don't care about it. They All they care about – the NBA players care more about money than anything else, and that's all. And I think it's a joke. It's been a joke for the last 15 years. And uh, I just think it's terrible. I'm actually kind of shocked you said that because that was also mine. I think they should ditch the game. They should build the other stuff with more things, like a three-point shootout. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Let's have a center, center round. Yeah. And a you know a guard, you know all of it. 
They did the skills challenge. Skill, build more skills fun. challenges. No one cares about the game. And if the players would play, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah. They don't play. It's their own fault. So I'm not blaming anyone other than the players. Do something else. If you're not going to play the game, don't play it. Simple yeah. as that. That's all I have. All right. Now, I saw a tweet about this uh, maybe yesterday. It was somebody saying how they could fix it to make the players play would be the winner – the conference winner gets to have the home field or home court advantage in the NBA championship. That, that's what baseball used to do. Baseball used to do that. It yeah. does nothing for you. No one gives a shit. It's a seven game series. No one it, home field advantage nowadays is not or home especially NBA is not as important as it used to be. I, if you're not going to play in the game, I don't think that should. I don't think the players should get rewarded for doing anything if they're not going to play the game right. So I agree. It's mine. I mean, they used uh, to play for a bunch of money. I remember they threw a bunch yeah. of money out there, to, yeah. and that didn't do anything. It's just, it's a joke. Do a celebrity game or something. Don't waste. Yeah. Don't waste. The they need a break. I understand that. Just don't do this stupid All Star game. Even though Michael Parsons is the biggest ball hog I've ever seen. MVP. <laughs> uh, the other two things we had in All Star weekend was a dunk contest and a three point shootout. Something new knew they did with the three point was they had Steph Curry face a WNBA player. I don't, I don't even know her name, and. She shot from her free her three point line with her balls, and Steph Curry still beat her because that's just how it is. But I saw that last year they might be doing a two v two thing where it could be like Caitlin Clark and then the Splash Brothers from the Warriors going against each other. So I mean, I think that's cool. I I like that they did that with the NBA. It was a cool little competition that, and they've been trying to boost WNBA forever. So yeah. that was cool. The dunk contest, however, was terrible. I mean, if anybody watched it. The best dunk of the night got one of the lowest scores. I mean, Toppin, I don't even know his name. Jacob Toppin. Jacob Toppin. There's no all-stars in it. Mac McClellan's in the G League, and he's won two years in a row. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching this guy in dunk in high school. The guy's not an NBA player. I hate to say it. Jalen Brown had one of the worst dunks I've ever seen get almost a 50. He jumped over a five-foot-tall guy and then in blindfolded, blindfolded himself after the dunk. It looked like he was just dabbing at the end. So, do you guys think this is something we should get rid of, too? I mean, it hasn't been... Fun to watch since 2016, Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. I'd get rid of everything. I mean, honestly. I mean, I know they needed a break in the middle of the season, but this whole all-star stuff, I mean, every sport is having this problem. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, it's Except not baseball. like – uh, I mean, players don't still – still they don't play anymore. Remember how many people are uh, getting injured so they can go on vacation, so they can go yeah. do this. I mean, At least they play the game regularly, though. Like, it's a baseball game. game. But that's a di- I mean, but it's not it's, it's you're not hitting a ton of home runs or anything like that. You're still seeing some pitching and hitting. But I mean, all star games for, in every sport now is a joke. And just get rid of all of them. All that it is is trying to make a mo- money maker for the for the um the organization. That's all it is. I mean, it's a, that's what they're trying to do. So who gives a shit? Get rid of it all and just yeah. let them have a break and then just go from there. I enjoy the dunk contest. I don't think they should get rid of it. But to me, there's only so many ways to dunk a basketball. Yeah. I think you might be starting to run out of – I mean, you can only do it so many ways. They've done it for so many years. But I don't know. I, I don't really know how to fix a dunk contest. I think that's one of those that just, just kind of happened. I but, personally think that it should only be allowed to be all-stars to be in the dunk contest. I think that would excite it a little bit more because there would be players that you're familiar with that you want to root for because yeah. it could be your favorite player in the league. I mean – Nobody's favorite player in the league is Mac McClung. It's just, yeah, it's just how it is. So, I also wanted to talk about PGA a little bit because uh, that's starting up again. And uh, we had the Genesis Invitational with Hideki Matasuyama. 
he won by going under 17 or 17 under. I just wanted to talk about a few of the highlights. Uh, Tiger was playing in this one. Um, he he had a decent first day. I mean, it wasn't, it's obviously not the old Tiger. His back's fused now. He can't really swing like he used to. His swing's a little bit different. He's just trying to make flush contact now, he said. So, second day he goes out. He said it was the flu. But, I mean, you watch him walk. He had, like, he started developing a limp that he didn't have the first day. He could barely get off tee boxes. It kind of sucks to watch because Tiger's such an icon. And then you see him just struggling trying to go out there and still play just for the fans. Uh, I hate to see it. But we had the issue with Jordan Spieth. I told you guys last week that my lock, if I was the one that did the lock, was to bet on him to be the top, make top 10, which he was doing until the second, into the second round. He was in ninth had like two missed putts in a row on the last hole, got pissed off, ran out, signed the incorrect score, an incorrect scorecard and got booted from the tournament because of it. I mean, that sucks. I mean, you caddy's got to be better. You have to be better. It, it just sucks to see something like that happen to such a good player. I mean, do you guys have anything on this? Well, with Tiger, um, it's, this has just been him there. I, I am actually shocked. Because, I mean, Tiger draws so much attention, so much viewership. I am shocked they haven't made an exemption where he could ride a cart. I really yeah. have been surprised. Because even him in a cart, just drive, you know, driving along, people are going to pay to see that. Because, I mean, he, Tiger is just, I mean, he's a Tiger from, he's not going to ever be Tiger that we saw. But it just shocks me. And, it, you know, I know he has his back is fused. I think the problem with Tiger, he still wants to hit the ball, still wants to do things to shape shots like he used to. And the problem is his body can't do that anymore. He's going to have to learn just to play like a regular player. I mean, he still can play. That's what gets me. Yeah. He can still play. But when he when he's out there, I, I think he plays better when he's got when he's trying to just play with his son. Um, when he goes out there and trying to win a tournament, I mean, the courses are so different now that you got to shape your shot. I mean, you got to do these weird things with your twists and stuff. And his body just can't do that. So go out yeah. there and just play the regular way you can. And I think he can still compete. Now, he may not outdrive a Jordan Spieth or a uh, you know a Jason Day or anybody like that. But Tiger just needs to accept the fact that he's old, older, and his body's been beat and had too many surgeries. And he's just going to have to try to play, change his game. Change his game. You know, he used to change his swing all the time. Now he needs to just change his game. Um, yeah. As for the this, this scorecard, I mean, that happens so often now. It's uh, or has happened. I don't know, not often. It just has, has happened. That's just, I mean, that's just unlucky. You got, you got, and I, I know you forget things as you're going, but you're, you're caddy and you got to be better, like you said. So yeah. I'm not, that's just something that happens. Yeah. I agree on the scorecard. It happens. Um, you got to take a look. I don't care if you're pissed off, you missed a couple putts, you shouldn't do it. Um, and it's the rule, so it's not like it's absurd. I mean, it happens, like Roy said, pretty often. Um, for Tiger, ever since he's been that crash, his body doesn't work the same. Um, I think it's, to me, if Tiger Woods, because he does this almost every tournament now, he takes three months off, and then he goes and plays a tournament, and then he withdraws. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to call it. I Technically, think. they said he withdraw because it was, was yeah, a sickness. A sickness. And if it really was sickness, then okay. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, he was doing a limp. He does it every time. I think for him, he needs to call it a career in this perspective. You know, tournament yeah. style, senior John tour. Day. He's a senior yeah. tour guy. So I think he just needs to alter, you know, what he wants to do. Um, for me, I don't keep up on the PGA as much. A lot of my favorite players don't play in the PGA Tour anymore. They go over to the Live. Yeah. I enjoy Live more than I do the PGA Tour now. 
Um, there's still some good players in here. I mean, Xander Shoffley, Tiger, like we said, but he doesn't play. Will Zalortis has become a good player. I'm sorry, just the better players are over in um, the Live Tournament now. So I don't watch Live or uh, PGA Tour very much anymore. So that's me. I think Live is better. Agree. The only other thing is, uh, did you guys see how they're trying to raise prices next year because they're getting too many fans at, at them now? Have you guys yeah. seen that? Yeah, yeah, the PGA Tour doesn't like to give out money, so yeah, so the makes PGA sense. Tour is trying to. That's, that's make the, the reason why. Li- that's what reason why Live is not so good. It's so big yeah. because I mean, PGA Tour is so selfish. They're old school and they want to keep exactly. That's horrible. So it's how it's, it's always been. So it's and you wonder why all your players are leaving. John Rahm said he would never leave the PGA Tour, and guess what? After all the shit's been going down, gone back to yeah. Live. So um, you're starting to see a trend here. Yeah, I think that's about it for. Sports, we can move All on right. to the miscellaneous. All right, that's going to take me to my lock. And my lock, I need to pull it up because I have to do it in advance. It's going to have to be college basketball because bas- NBA won't be playing tomorrow. It's getting mm-hmm. hard here. I need baseball to start so I can start doing some college locks. Basketball, and that's a good one. Yeah, but I have to do this for tomorrow because it doesn't go live till tomorrow. Well, you don't you see can, a lot of. I, I, I can definitely sell you. Can you could take Minnesota over Michigan because Michigan basketball sucks. Yeah, um, my lock for tomorrow will be Alabama to beat Florida money line, Kentucky to beat LSU money line, and Dayton to beat George Mason money line. It'll be a three leg parlay. Those three money lines. Not sure how much it's going to pay out. All three are favorites, but that's my lock Not for much. next or for tomorrow. Right. Or today in this regard. All right, that moves me on to my game. And since football is officially over, besides for spring football, we are having a game for MLB for the first time this year. Yes. Okay. So this is going to be, can you guys name the six teams with a C in their logo? Okay, well, Roy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip it first. As always, you have three strikes. Cincinnati Reds? Cincinnati Reds is one of them. Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs is one of them. Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland is one of them. This is where I think it starts to get a little bit harder. Just a C in the logo. Yes. C in the logo. Um, I'll ask you this, Roy. Minnesota Twins. They have the T and the C. Twin City. Twins. Twins is one of them. You have two left. Colorado Rockies. Colorado, Colorado Rockies is one of them. You have one left. I thought this might take you guys a little bit longer than what it is, but maybe I'll get a strike on you at this last team here. Dang. Um... Gosh, dang it. Um, I can't think. Of, I'm going through teams, and I can't think. Kansas City Royals. Is oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, right. It is the Kansas City Royals. Oh, yeah, boy. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, you, you really uh, really got some baseball wizards out here. So, just, <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty tough one, Matt. We, uh, we're going to rock some baseball trivia out of the park here. Yeah, yeah. I can handle baseball. Yeah, I agree. All Royals, right, let's hear some old man wisdom. 
Well, mine's not much. Um, the only man, old man wisdom I got is the young man knows the rules. I may have done this one before. <laughs> That's a bad thing. But oh the old man knows every uh, every exception. So that's my old man rule. Uh, old Some man good wisdom. wisdom. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for our episode. I'm just going to give you guys a quick preview. If you made it this far, we appreciate it. Next week, three football teams, Titans, Falcons, Bears. That's going to be a big episode. We got Bryce, who knows the Bears. We all know the Bears. They do hold the number one pick. We will have a special guest on to talk about the Falcons and the NF or MLB oh division. Gosh, is it Butters, coming on? Butters will be on the episode oh podcast goodness. next week. Can't wait. It's going to be hilarious. And our MLB team will be – or uh, division will be the NL East. So – it's a good division. Got got the former one seed in the NL, the Atlanta Braves, the Mets. Got some good teams in there. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it. 